and a weekly land education talk show learning about land and farms, buying and selling and ownership, especially for real estate agents and realtors. Hey guys, learn from the experts. This is free land education, hard to find. Hi, my name's Lou Jewell. I'm a accredited land consultant, broker, owner of Land Pro Real Estate, along with my co-host, Teresa Martin, who's out selling real estate this morning. Our new office is at 207 East Main Street in downtown Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. We serve all your real estate needs in western Piedmont and southern Virginia. Just give us a shout. We'll be glad to help you out. All of our shows are dedicated to Realtors Land Institute, staff, and members. Our national website's www.rliland.com, rliland.com. Now listen to me. We'll tell you something. If you're thinking about buying or selling land or farms, go to this website. Find one of our 2,000 members nationwide or one of the 600-plus accredited land consultants, the designation that I carry because we are the land experts in the industry. We know how to play the game. We'll make you money if you're uh, selling. We'll save you money if you're buying. www.rliland.com. Hey, we'd like to thank our sponsors, landhub.com, buying or selling land. Landhub is the place to be. Our other sponsor is acrevalue.com. If you want to know who owns the field down the road or what it sold for last year, the best place to research land, and it's all free, try land. AcreValue.com. Our guest this morning is Brett Gideon. Welcome, Brett. Welcome. Thank you. You're I'm here. Okay, you are here. Where are you calling from? Marion, Illinois, down here in the southern part. We're uh, about an hour north of Kentucky. You got bluegrass? Oh, uh, we probably got some type of grass around here. I don't know if it's blue. It's usually green. <laughs> probably brown right now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're glad to have you on the show. And uh, you are the designated manager and broker owner of a wonderful Remax, one of the greatest franchises out there, and one of the largest, I think. Integrity is the name of your company in Marion, Illinois. And you specialize in southern Illinois real estate residential, commercial, farm, recreational, and hunting. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And uh, you were born and raised in Hudson, Florida. Wow, what got you up to Illinois? Used to work for the phone company, and I transferred up here in 2000, the end of 2010, when the economy crashed down in Florida. Uh, the phone company was doing some layoffs, and I was six months away from being fully vested with the union. And uh, I just decided, you know what, after 34 years, it was time for a change. And I've been doing some bow hunting up here in southern Illinois for a couple of years. And lo and behold, there were some openings up here, so I transferred up. Wow, good for you. And you uh, uh, love fishing and, of course, managing properties for deer and turkey and wild hogs. You got some wild hogs out there? Uh, no, down in Florida. Oh, I okay, actually, this um, is in Florida. I got you. But you acquired your real estate license, and you started with Caldwell Banker, and, and then somebody turned the light on. And that's what <laughs> I tell my agents. One of my partners this morning says, okay, I got it. I'm not doing houses anymore. I said, really? What are you going to do? She says, I'm going to do land. And I said, well, congratulations. So we marked it on the calendar so we can have an annual celebration as she increases her uh, real estate experience and makes a whole lot more money. But using your experience of outdoors, which really pays, we're going to talk about that today. I thought, uh, Brett, 
since you were going through the uh, RLI ALC uh, candidacy. In fact, that's where I met you in Greensboro. We had a fast track for 10 days. Uh, agents from all over the country uh, taking our classes that they need to get their accredited land consultant, which are six, and, uh, and had a great time. Enjoyed meeting you and all your all the buddies. It's just an incredible class, and we had a good time, as we always do. But uh, you found a little niche in land. What what was that niche? What 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 led you to land? Well, um, I mean, I you know starting out here in a small rural area, I was doing uh, residential. But I live out in the country, and working for the phone company, I would drive around and see properties for sale and stuff out in the country where I worked. And being that I'm a huge outdoorsman and always have been. I was like, you know, I need to get into land sales. That's that's where I need to be. Not to mention, instead of selling, you know, sixty, seventy thousand dollar houses, you can sell a two hundred thousand, four hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand dollar piece of property, or even more. You know, yeah. um, so it just seemed like it made a lot more sense. Um, and my managing broker at the time, he knew I was a big outdoorsman. And he said, you know, there's not a lot of land sales guys around here. That that's something you'd be good at. So I started really looking. Um, into the whole land sales aspect and i ended up getting a bunch of listings and selling them and doing some videos and stuff like that on youtube and, and really working with the clients and then having the experience of being part of hunt club leases and owning my own property down in florida and uh, managing the deer herds and being able to do food plots and stuff like that it really helped me be more successful because i can relate to the people and help them set their property up when they buy it. Well, don't you think that's important? Now, that, that's something I wanted to kind of discuss a little bit, and this might be a good time to interject this, uh, some thoughts here. You know, a lot of, lot of uh, well, in North Carolina, we have over 106,000 licensed agents. <laughs> that's, you know, maybe one on every <laughs> block. We got a town of 1,280 people with six real estate firms in it. So um, it's saturated. But, you know, land is, 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 there's no land education when we go to real estate school. Uh, and I, I, I am, a, uh, I've, I've been finding that out. I mean, I, I kind of thought it, but since I started doing this radio show, I'm starting my fifth year. Uh, your podcast number 198, congratulations. But I've talked to fellow realtors, RLI members, and definitely ALCs. Brad, I think I've covered maybe 46 states, 45, 46 states. You know, some of them deal in more than one state. And I asked the question, uh, and I'll ask you, uh, how many, you know, when you get your license, all states require, or as I know, all states require so many hours of continuing education uh, to keep your license active. Here in North Carolina, we have eight, uh, four required that everybody has to take. And then four elective, and I think we have over 300 titles. And I have a class I created and was approved by the Real Estate Commission several years ago called Introduction to Land Brokerage. It's a four-hour elective class. It's the first class ever in the history of North Carolina Real Estate Commission, and I'm the only instructor in the state. And I can't find another state. How many hours do you have to have in your state? Um, for CE. Uh, well, as yeah, a man, yeah. As a man, well, here we have to, you have to be in the business for two years before you can get your managing broker's license. Okay. And then uh, RCE is for managing broker is like twenty four hours, and I think a regular broker is like twelve hours. 
So, um, you know, they make us do a lot more, uh, which in turn I think we should. You yeah, know, of course. No, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Responsible for our agents, you know, so we should probably have the responsibility of making sure we do more training. Um, but, you know, us, us RLI members, seems like we all love training anyway so i mean we we love the we we love the social the drinking and the and the and the, and the war stories well you know that's always one of the benefits <laughs> after you learn you know yeah. you got 8 hours of learning yeah. you got 8 of uh drinking and bullcrapping and, and networking <laughs> that's right that's the best part but so of your of your of your classes that you have in illinois are there any classes that you can take on the subject of land? Um, we and get do, credit for it. I, I, I did take a good class um, two years ago. Our MLS offered a RLI class. No, I'm not counting those. Yet. I'm counting anything outside of RLI. Well, this was actually offered by, by our MLS for, for um Continuing education, so it was open to everybody in our MLS. I understand, but was it a RLI by, class, one of our ten classes? Right. Yeah, right. yeah, that doesn't um, count. But, well, you don't see too much around here at all. I mean, there's no independent guys that are going out and doing training or anything like that. Um, if you got on, probably like uh, the Quality Deer Management Association, you can go on there and do sure. classes, sure, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But I'll be honest with you. I mean, a lot of the realtors in this area, this is this is how. Once I get my portfolio submitted and get my ALC, uh, it's official. Um, I will be the only ALC in all of Southern Illinois. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, there's only two thousand of us nationwide, roughly, and yeah. we, we just went um, over six hundred ALCs. I the, the organization was started, I think, seventy eight years ago. And my ALC designation is 1056, 1056, in a 78-year-old organization. So it's, it's quite, a, quite an honor to get it, and it's quite a specialty. But back to my point, again, here's another state. I know all the RLI classes because I teach you know, the Land 101 around the country. And all of them, you know, we get C credits in that state for the land class. So, mm -hmm. uh, Yeah. But outside of that, if RLI didn't exist, there would be no classes but mine is what I'm coming to believe. I haven't found one yet. But anyway, all right. I 100% agree. Um, and, you know, you would think more real estate agents would understand or, or realize what RLI is. But... Since they've seen my post on social media and stuff, I've had numerous agents reach out to me or contact me and be like, sure. what's RLI? What, yeah. is, what is your ALC? Right. And I'm like, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> Yet they'll go list a 40-acre piece of land and try and sell it or a 100-acre farm, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that I've, I've been working on, uh, I was fortunate enough to be on a land panel with uh, Rod Canterbury and... Um, Toby Richardson and uh, two of the best Todd Kittle, Todd Kittle and yeah. Eric Erickson. The, yeah. We're all Remax agents, and we were able to to do a land panel and educate the rest of the agents at Remax that were our commercial symposium. And man, it was awesome. We had, I mean, 
as soon as I walked off stage, I think there was like seven or eight agents that ran up to me and were handing me their cards and like, hey, I got some stuff I need to call and talk to you about. I'm like, no problem. Yeah. But, you know, that opened my eyes up. And even after being here, so uh, we were fortunate enough to be able to work with Aubrey on that. And we're trying to work right now because most of our stuff that goes on in Illinois is Springfield and Chicago area, which is four hours away from me. Right. So I, uh, I'm working on trying to do like a Southern Illinois, Northern Kentucky, Western Indiana chapter. Good for you. Um, maybe we could bounce around between the three states here that yeah. are all within an hour's drive. Cause yeah. I can be in Paducah, Kentucky in an hour, Evansville in an hour, or Cape Girardeau in an hour over Missouri. Right. So, um, it's something that's in the talks and we're seeing what we can come up with. I know there was, a uh, a managing broker and a guy that, that runs the MLS in northern Kentucky that was interested. So I'm hoping we something will come to fortruition and we can get another chapter going. Um, I've already been talking to a lot of the land guys from like Whitetail Properties and Midwest Farm and Ranch and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm building a lot of interest. So I'm hoping we can hit the ground running if we can get it going. Well, good. If I can help out, I'll be happy to. There For the listing artists, we have 18 chapters throughout the United States, and like our chapter is Carolina's chapter, which is North and South Carolina. We've combined two states. But out mm-hmm. west, there's quite a few where they're, you know, Southern California, I mean, California, and, you know, out that way, they, there's two or three states uh, that have come together and, and created chapters. So, absolutely, let's get one going. The more, the more we can educate, the more we can protect the public. And the public does, doesn't realize that just because you hold a real estate license that you could do all i mean if somebody called you up brett and said i got a 10-story building i want you to sell it or i've got uh you know 250 uh, apartment rentals or or industrial rentals i mean we're not trained to do that and 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 they're not trained to do land and land you know in one of our slides in our in our uh, syllabus to get your license 180 hours in north carolina they throw it up there and they say land is the most complicated of all real estate transactions. But then you ask the instructor why. Nobody tells the instructor why, why what it is. I mean, it's our whole industry is built off of residential. That's where it started and that's where it is. And 98%, according to the national stats of 1.6 million agents right now nationwide, and that's just realtors that you can be a real estate agent and not be part of. But the majority, great majority, are uh, they don't have a source for um, for land education. All right, our guest today is Brett Vidian. This is Let's Talk Land. We'd like to thank our sponsors, LandHub.com. Buying or selling land, LandHub is the place to be. And Acre Value, hey, it's a great site. If you want to know what's going on next door, go there. It's free. AcreValue.com. We're talking about date industry. I was just looking at your, your resume here, and there was something that I'm not aware of that might be uh, of interest to our, our uh, listening audience, specifically our real estate agents and our realtors out there uh, nationwide. Um, you just received a, a designation uh, with uh, the real estate negotiating expert is the designation. What, what is that? I'm not familiar with that. So... The acronym is R-E-N-E, Real Estate Negotiating Expert. That's through NAR. It's one of the, I think there's 12 official certifications 
uh, you know, obviously the ALC, CCIM, uh, there's a bunch of them, yeah. but the R-E-N-E, um, that's something that I wanted to, I wanted to be able to start building my designations to add to my resume. And, uh, last year at the REMAX convention, if you came out two days early, they were offering this real estate negotiating expert and with the market being the way it was and us being in multiple situation, uh, multiple offer situations and, you know, how crazy the market was, I was like, wow, well, that, what better designation to get, you know, because right now we're, we're in all kinds of crazy negotiations doing deals. And, you know, you might have eight, eight, nine offers on the table that you're having to negotiate through. And then, you know, of course, some people are not doing inspections. Some aren't doing this. Some aren't doing that. So uh, I just thought it was a, a good one to have. It's a 16-hour course or 20-hour course. Um, it's a two-day deal. And uh, you go through and they, they teach you how to uh, negotiate different situations. You know, and we do some role-playing. We break up into groups. They give you different scenarios and the whole nine yards. Kind of some long lines that we do in some of the RLI classes, right. and, you know, we have scenarios that we have to go through and work through sure. problems. So uh, it was a it was a really good class. I recommend that anybody that is a realtor, whether you do residential, commercial, or land, uh, I think it would be helpful and beneficial to them. What was the main thing you got out of it that you didn't know or you feel or that you've been able to, you know, every time people, <coughs> if you look at our industry, uh it's a known fact that the more education you get, the more money you make, okay? Because you have more knowledge, you have more confidence, and, and you build that reputation. What did you get out of that that's going to help you in the future, just a point or two, that you feel good about? You know, I think learning how to deal with people's temperaments. Hmm, interesting. Um, when, you know, listening to, you know, your you're in a room with probably, I think there were 60 or 80 of us that took this designation. And, you know, when you break up into groups and you get to sit there and discuss different deals that you've been through and how people handled them, you know, when you think about it to yourself, well, what I've handled it with this way, this, the way they handled it was great, you know. So you learn, I wouldn't say it's like a classroom thing that you learn. It's just picking up. I don't know how you could say it, maybe a common sense factor or learning from other people on how to look at situations and understand and be able to dictate how things come out. Right. And um, there wasn't like a lot of classwork involved in this one. It was more kind of boots on the ground and, and role playing. Um, so I think it was good because it's, it's kind of an objection handler type designation, but you also have to, there were some good troubleshooting skills in there, and you learned a lot of those from the different stories that other people told, you know, because it, you could, 80 people, you could have 80 different yeah. situations yeah, on really, how you would handle could, one problem. That could last weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So was, um, it, was it tested at the end to get the designation? Yes, yeah. There is a test at the end that right. you take, uh, you know, with all the designations you always have to yeah, test yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, I figured it was. So, I just wanted to put that out there, not for me, but for the listening audience. So some people don't yep. like to take tests. But, uh, and yep. it, yeah, and really you don't even have to be a realtor to take it, I guess. I know 
when I teach, uh, I've always got, not always, but over the, over the, since 2003, I started teaching, but, but, uh, you know, I'll have an attorney there. I'll have a forester there. I'll have a surveyor there. I'll have a developer, uh, a land investor, or just, uh, just the old farmer that, uh, owns a lot of land. He wants to know what we know so he can be smart. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, and they don't have to take the test cause they're not getting the credit for it. Cool. Well, that's something that I should look into. Even at the age of 73, there's always room to learn, right? Well, my philosophy is you're never too old to learn. And no. anybody that doesn't think they need education um, probably don't want to do business with them. Know. <laughs> you know, know? Um, there's no such thing as a know-it-all. So, I, I mean, I, you, could, you could listen to a lot of people. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm a huge podcast guy. I listen to a lot of your podcasts listen to a lot of the real estate industry, different podcasts. And, you know, they may not fit my small rural area, you know, but there's always something in that 20 to 35-minute podcast, at least one thing, usually two or three, that I can pull out and implement into my business exactly to help it grow. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about that a little bit more when we talk about this uh, RLI and working on your ALC. Um, so... Just to, let's explore why a person would even want to get in the why, why real estate. Just from your perspective, what's the benefits uh, and what's the ups and downs, the goods, the bads? You know, you have to want to be an entrepreneur. You're your own boss. Ten ninety nine. Thing is, <laughs> you you um you have to have the motivation and the hustle to be successful at there's a lot of real estate agents out there that do it because they think it looks easy and then when they get into it they find out it's not right. and it's not there's a lot to real estate we don't just go out and put a sign in the yard and take pictures you know um especially in land you know if you break into a piece of i could go out on a on a farm here and generally most of the farms that i sell probably have some type of row crops have some type of timber and are recreational deer and turkey hunting properties. So right there, there's multiple different things that I have to know and research. You know, I have to know what's the county yield for this area. How much is the farmer pulling off of this? Are you doing cash rent or are you doing thirds and splitting it with the farmer? How often do you rotate crops? Do you do just corn and beans or when the corn comes out, do they come in and do winter wheat behind it and then do a late bean crop? You know, um, are you constantly no-tilling your property? Do you come in here and flip the soil every so often to break up the nutrients and, and be able to get back down there to where all those nutrients have filled? You know, I mean, today with, with no-till stuff, it's kind of made farmers – you know, there's still some old school farmers that like to go in there and cultivate and work the ground every year. And those are generally the ones that get way better yields than just no-tilling. You know, and I mean, if you had corn crop in there the year before and you don't go in there and bush hog the corn stubble and break that up, what's going to happen when you go through with your no-till dropping soybeans? Your seed-to-soil contact is going to be horrible because it's hitting corn stalks and the seed's just going to lay on top of the ground and it's not going to get put in the ground which is going to cause you to have bad yields. Um, if it's got timber on it, we need to go in there and do a timber analysis and look at it. You know, 
you run into some of these agents that don't know anything about land. They're like, oh, yeah, it's marketable timber. It's great. And I walk out there, and it's sassafras and sycamore. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? I understand. I mean, you have to understand. Do you know, do you know what a red oak is? Do you know what a white oak is? Do you know what your hickories are? Do you know what trees pay what? You know, is, is a veneer wood or not a veneer wood? Do you have a guy that you can come out here and look at it? Because you want a timber estimate, you know, and that breaks into a whole other section Absolutely. that we learn about when we do our ALC classes, market analysis, where we can break a property down and actually show an, a buyer, hey, you can generate this much income off the crops. You can generate this much income off of doing a select cut. You don't want to come in here and log the whole thing. From a management standpoint, if you're going to use it for hunting, you need to do a select cut and then take your treetops. You can cut some up for firewood, sell that, make money on that. But then you want to pile some up in certain areas and create strategic bedding areas for the animals. You know, there's a lot of aspects to a piece of property that people don't realize. Yeah, I did a whole show just on control burning, you know, what the benefits yeah. of that is. I mean... Brett, it's really interesting, and, and, and thank you for, for your comments there. Um, I've done 198 shows. I've been teaching. I have the ALC designation. I wrote a class for the North Carolina Board of Appraisers, Rural Land Values, is it an art or a science? Because they have no land education in their industry, believe it or not. And uh, I, I, these shows, I mean, it's unbelievable what we learn. I mean, it, that's why I enjoy doing it, and I donate this. I, 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 you know, I don't, I don't get paid to do this show. Uh, I have sponsors, and they're they're free, and uh, I pay the radio station and all the other stuff. And that, it's just, you know, my way of giving back. Uh, good Lord says we got to do that, so I hope I get a check mark on it. But it's, it is amazing. I don't care how much you take, you learn. And and the ones that come to me, and I'm sure you're advising the same thing, especially for the. Uh, getting involved in RLI and working on that ALC designation, they say, well, which class should I take? Well, what market are you in? Okay. I mean, you're in a timber market, take the timber class. If you're in an ag market, take the ag class. If you want to do subdivisions, take the subdivision class, you know, but take a class. You can always take the 1031. My class is required. It's called LAM 101. And why it's called LAM 101 is just the basic class where we go in and talk about all the different things that you'll learn in the other classes, uh, and it's a required course. And take the one that you can make money and give you the confidence to move into that. When I first joined RLI, I actually uh, uh, one of my land buddies uh, said, you, you, you know, you're getting into land, you need to get involved with RLI. Well, what is RLI? Well, blah, blah, blah. And by the way, we've got a class coming up here in Winston-Salem down the road from me, uh, two-day class on subdivision, Ed Massey. And that was the first class I took and learned how to create subdivisions. I've done over 80 of those, okay? Off of that one class, it gave me the confidence. Of course, I've learned it didn't give me everything, but it gave me the confidence to go out there and start making dollars. And then as I took the other classes, then I learned about those too. And that's the beauty of our, of our organization and our 10 classes. I think it's 10 right now. Uh, two day, one's a two and a half, uh, which is the spreadsheet, which what you were talking about. It's a uh, you know, property that creates income. So you want to know how to uh, analyze that, internal rates and cap rates and, and all the whistles and bells on that. But, uh, you know, uh, th there's nothing like land. Uh, one of our agents two years ago, uh, I don't count because I was part of the company, my son-in-law, 
but uh, we didn't count in our production. And you know, we give a we paid the MLS dues to the top agent, which is a five hundred plus dollar bill, which is a nice gift. And one of them did uh, uh, fifty. Well, it was Teresa, <laughs> my co-host. She did over fifty transactions in twelve months. I did nine transactions and made over thirty thousand dollars more than she did. So you know, land. <laughs> yeah. You know, I highly recommend, you know, going back to the subdivision class that you were talking about, Lou. Yes, sir. Um, that's a great one. And I think anybody that's going to get into land and you live, like here we're a small rural area, but we still have a lot of growing city. Um, that's another reason why I do commercial land as well. Right. Um, and I'm looking at getting my CCIM next because... Yeah. And you can fast well, track that too. Will by the allow way. me to get some credit toward my CCIM, um, but I just took a 12-acre cornfield and sold it to uh, a builder who's in my business networking uh, group, and um, we have split that up into 30 lots, and we're going to be building homes on it. And there's a lot of work in that. Like you said, people don't realize just the infrastructure alone, much less being able to, you know, when I picked this listing up and seen it was 12 acres, seeing what it was at, I'm like, we need to subdivide this. So the first thing I had to do is get a hold of an engineering company, have them look at it, have them give me an idea on how we could split this up. I was lucky enough, there was a lift station there. And, you know, we had to check with them. The same engineering company had engineered that lift station. I'm like, can it support these 30? Yep, we're good to go. So, you know, that was nice. But then you still have to sit down and you have to deal with some of the smaller municipalities, mm-hmm. some of the city stuff to make sure. And this one's right on the edge of two two little towns, and it's actually being annexed into the bigger one for that school district. And, uh, you know, and that's just getting it started. We haven't yeah. even broke ground yet. Yep. Our guest and, today, our, sorry to interrupt, our guest today is Greg Brandon. This is Let's Talk Land. I'd like to thank our land sponsors, LandHub.com. Buying or selling land, landhub.com, and Acre Value. Hey, that is one of the best sites for you out there as well as realtors, too. So, acrevalue.com. So, we're talking about this one subdivision you're doing. You, you were talking about the infrastructure. Uh, let's pick up there and, and carry that on out. Okay. So, yeah, we've. Uh, I actually have a buddy of mine who does excavation and another buddy that owns a plumbing company. So we've, we've sat down, we've went out there, um, we've looked at everything, seen how we're going to have to put our road system in, run all our sewer lines, um, water lines, your electric, the whole nine yards. I mean, there's so much involved just to get it to the point to where we can start breaking ground and building houses. Um, and then, then you start a whole nother process. <laughs> yeah. You know? How long did that take? You know, it was pretty easy here because I knew who to get a hold of. Perfect. That's um, important. You know, it, it was good because the same engineering company had already engineered another little subdivision just in front of this one. So a lot of the stuff was sitting there. Like I said, the lift station was already there. Um, it was really easy for them to go in and split everything up. You know, we've, we had to jump through a few more hoops in the municipality stuff, just getting everything okay, making sure that nobody was going to come in and object to it. You know, you got to have your, your local town hearing to make sure it's not going to be objected to, you know, yada, yada, yada. Your restrictions um, and get those approved and 
survey and your plats and get that recorded. <laughs> yep. But we're we're hoping to break break ground on infrastructure probably here in another month or so. And how long's it been? How long has the project? Um, we closed on the property in June. Wow, that's so quick. It's moved along pretty quick, but I had done a lot of due diligence right. on my own and got things going. Did you have to pave roads? Well, I had the property on the market. Right. So, yep. I mean, that was that was the way I marketed this property. Sure. I didn't market it as 12 acres of agricultural. Gotcha. I marketed it as 12 acres of commercial property that can be broke up into a subdivision and subdivided and build houses on it. Highest and best use. That's You've what we talked it. about in transitional lands. That's, Remember that in our That's what land's all about. What can you do with it? You know, less more is more, uh, less acreage is more per acre, and more acreage is less per acre. And uh, so, you know, when you break land up, and I do it all the time, uh, without the surveys and stuff, I break it up on paper and assign a, uh, I call it flex property. I'm going to give you a good one here, okay? So you mm-hmm. take, so you take a, it doesn't matter, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100, 200 acre track, right? And you look at the, in our area, uh, it sounds like yours is the same. As long as we stay 10 acres or more, we don't have to get the government involved. And then in some counties we could do, that I work in, uh, four lots less than 10 acres, and one's three. And uh, so that's where you do your road frontage. And, uh, but I'll break it up on paper and put prices to it. So I may, instead of having one listing for, let's say, 50 acres, I may have six listings or seven listings, okay? Track one, track two, but it's not survey. I've got a boundary survey on it, but I broke it up on our wonderful uh, RLI sponsor, MapRite. Uh, what a great site, MapRite. I'm giving a free commercial here. And uh, it was free anyway. But they're one of my sponsors for my for my classes too, uh, Steve is. But... Um, uh, so a guy comes or a couple comes or whatever, they come out, and I've got one that's 12 acres. And this is highest and best use, but it's also based on features, topography, uh, uh, water courses, uh, accessibility. You know, you look at that and you build, you know, you look at where a potential building site is or two. I try to get at least two on each track, right? And you get the soil scientists out there, and you go ahead and probe that, not for a permit, but showing that the soil's suitable because these are rural, you don't have the infrastructure. So a client comes in and they say, well, I really like that 12-acre track, but I'd like to have a little bit more water. And I usually split water when I'm dividing, so instead of having one track with water, you got two tracks, it's riparian, split to 50, so both people uh, have access to it. So the guy says, you know, can I get a little bit more? Well, the caveat here is I gotta be able to sell the rest of it. So if you come in and change what I've done, you know, it's going to affect the adjoining property or two, right? So right. as long as it's not going to do that, sure. And the, Brett, the buyers love this. I, I, I tell you, it's one of the most successful programs I've done. I've been doing it for, God, maybe 12 years now. And because it's so refreshing and steer, here's a corner, here's a corner, here's a corner, here's a corner. And the guy said, golly, if it just went over, well, that's somebody else's property. Okay. Uh, or it's already surveyed, and I can't, I can't move it. You know, I, I, we don't want to do that. They get to create what they're buying. Think about that. What a refreshing oh, yeah. way to sell land. So well, I did something like that. Um, it was my first client, and that I got to learn about 1031 exchanges, and I still do a lot of investment properties with him now. But he was an attorney. 
uh, had 1031 money that he needed to roll into properties. We identified several. We bought a square 40, um, went in, cleaned all the uh, evasive species and bushes that had grown up in the pasture area and planted it in hay. And, you know, we we got hay income off of it for about two and a half years. In this two and a half year time period, we went in, had it surveyed into uh, four four tracks and split it up. And be time, be, by the time we were done with it, we were able to over double his money between what we got for those four lots. And he broke even with the money that he made doing hay to pay for cleaning the property up originally. Um, so, you know, and that's where we come in as ALCs. and Because we know how to play the game. And it to help yep. our clients yep. investments like that, you know, to make more money. We know how to play the game <laughs> in all aspects yep. of it. From the go, that, that's how I started out the show. I dedicated the Realtors Land Institute. Listen to me. Get a hold of one of it. If you don't have your ALC, at least you've got some land training that's not available other than this show in one my one class or two classes. Uh, you know, in the nation, I, I can't find another one. It's, it's, it's just it's just what it is. But, uh, yeah, I, I highly recommend to anyone out there who's listening to this that is looking to buy any type of land, whether it's recreational, a horse property, cattle farm, um, looking to do a transitional property, subdivide it, go on RLI. You can do an agent search. If there's not an ALC in your area to choose, it's there is RLI members, and if they've at least taken the time to join RLI and be a member, there's a really good chance they know exactly what they're doing. They just may not. They may be working on their ALC and haven't finished it. I mean, the ALC is not an easy thing. I think it, what is it, 105 course hours that we have to do? Uh, yeah. Then, well, we don't want to make it easy. That's why we only got like 600 in the country. <laughs> yeah, and then on top of that, the portfolio is, you know, either $10 million in land sales or 25 land-only deals that you have to put together. And, of course, you know, the story of my life, I like to do things the hard way. So I have 25 land deals that I have to put together and, and fill out all the paperwork for. That's why it's taken me a little bit of time. That's all right. You'll get there. Well, I got them all. I just have to write them down. There's a lot of paperwork involved. I think oh, that's another yeah. reason, you know. Yeah. And I'm glad they do that. It's not an easy thing to do. No. Nope. You have to be dedicated to getting your ALC. Then you got to have two ALCs sponsor you with with a wonderful letter, and I'll be happy to do that for you. I think out of your class in Greensboro, I've written at least 20 uh, so far since uh, June, since the class was there, and I'll be more than happy to represent you uh, and then you go before the ALC board which is uh, RLI members that's all volunteer on a committee and and they review and, uh, and and give you a thumbs up or thumbs down and then it goes to the board of directors and they had the final say so so uh, you're, you're not there yet but uh, get those numbers and I'll help you with one of the letters okay yes sir all right you know, another thing I'd like to say about RLI is the networking, the people that you oh, that's meet key. all over the United States, you'd you know, be amazed how much you learn from them and how many deals that you can pick up through networking. 
I've already had one agent contact me with a referral, and it's a big one. It's a 1031 exchange. The guy's probably going to be doing a $10 million land deal. Right. Um, you know, I mean, that's amazing, you know, and the that I built in the, in the seven day that I was in North Carolina, cause I had already went and done my, uh, market analysis class. I went out to Oklahoma to Rod's chapter and did it there. Oh yeah. Great. And the people I met there, it was amazing. Yep. You know, and I'm still in contact with them. We're friends yep. on Facebook. We're always sharing each other's listings and, and talking about stuff, the friendships that you create and the networking and RLI and the amount that you can learn just from being around the other RLI members is amazing. I'm so looking forward to going to my first international convention this year. Once you go to one, you'll never miss yeah. another. It's a family reunion. And uh, I tell you, it's uh, it's like three days and uh, uh, the best speakers of the, of the most current topics and what's going on from The Economist to Russell Riggs, who was head lobbyist in Washington representing the <coughs> National Association of Realtors, the Realtors Land Institute for land-specific issues that's in, in government, and uh, breakouts, and, of course, the Cowboy Auction, where we raise money for education. And uh, it's just, but I'm going to tell you something, and, 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 and the, the, of my personal experience, uh, residential is, is residential, and to me, they don't have the same relationships uh, that I find that we have in the land industry. Uh, it's, 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 I don't know that one time I picked up the phone or had a call from another RLI member uh, that we're not helping each other, which I don't see in the other industries. Maybe it's there, but I've had this discussion with, for years, and, and we all seem to agree, but about 25% of my business is referrals, uh, either through RLI or my students that just don't feel competent on deal. Uh, you know, and that's, uh, we've got code of ethics, you know, Article 11, we're self-policing. I'll be braggadocious. I'm the one that instigated getting land, which was never there, uh, as, as a specialty. But, uh, and it is, it is, and well, well deserved to be so. But um, what, what other projects have you done? that you'd like to tell us about? Because this is learning. This is what this is about, sharing experience. Well, I've, I've done some recreational properties, um, and I'll go in, and when I do a listing on a, on a um, recreational property, uh, the last real good one I had was a 111-acre farm, um, and it had a lot of diversity. It had been logged in one area. It had some undergrowth that created great bedding areas for your deer and your turkey, and quail and stuff like that um we spent an entire day there just making a video turned out to be like 17 minutes long it's on my youtube channel um, yeah i've seen it you did a great job with it feel free feel free to go to brett vidian uh it's that's under my name and uh please like and subscribe <laughs> yeah a little shameless little shameless plug for my youtube channel you but got you it go on there and, and it all check adds out up. the video um, but you, it, it's a project. When you look at a piece of land, you just don't say, oh, my God, it's, it's a 111-acre piece of land and it's great hunting. I mean, we went in. I took the time to look at different places on the farm, map it out, show where you could do food plots. Uh, there was a trail system in place. 
I use Onyx maps, so I take my little four-wheel drive golf cart out there. We drove around every trail, and I can record that trail system and have it on my map to be able to screenshot and put it into my listings. Um, you go and look at the timber. Make sure that, you know, take a tape measure with you. You want at least 18 inches across a tree for it to be marketable. Um, so, you know, you got to go out there and take a look at that stuff. Water sources, you know. There's a lot of things involved, and every piece of land is a project, whether it's a commercial piece of land, a transitional piece of land, you're splitting it up into small, small lots, big lots. You know you know as well as I do, Lou, everything's a project. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. And, and, and every piece of land, especially, you know, we're in, we're in the foothills, of the Blue Ridge here, and I'm licensed in Virginia as well. So we have a little more topography. I guess you got some, some, some elevation there. Don't know for sure, but I tell everybody it's like a fingerprint. Every piece of property has a topography map on it, and everyone's different. There ain't no two alike. It's just like a fingerprint, and that's the fun part: is reading the maps and figuring out the highest and best use, and and uh, you know. Uh, the water is always important, and it's becoming more important. Uh, do you break it up? You know, is it internal water where you have full control of it? Uh, at least in most states. Out west, it's a little different. Uh, but uh, or, or you have riparian water, or a lake, or a pond. You know, uh, you know, are you going to sell that whole acreage when you're breaking it up? That pond or water, water uh, deposit, uh, or are you going to break it up? I've, I've had five tracks come into one pond. And, you know, mm -hmm. repairing, you have a right to the whole surface of the water, but you, you're on somebody else's property. You may not be able to get out of your boat or swim and get up on the bank because, you know, you have adversarial, advers, adversarial relationship or whatever, but you still have a right to the whole the whole water source. So, you know, yeah. th these are things that you look at. Uh, and depending on how those water rights are written, you may not be able to put a dock in. Exactly. You know, Um Thank God we don't have to deal with the water issues like the guys out in Wyoming oh, and I don't know how they do it. Colorado. Unbelievable. And I mean, out there, you know, water out there is more valuable than the land itself. I know. Um, that's where you really where I'm at. Yeah, that's where you really want to get an ALC involved to help you out to sort through all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, for sure. Remember the Realtors Land Here we have, to, we have to worry about a lot of easement issues. Um, we're right on the edge of the Shawnee National Forest. It's 280,000 acres. It encompasses eight counties here in southern Illinois. And it's public hunting, horseback riding, hiking, stuff like that. And that's a big attractant when we can find a recreational property. You know, might be able to find a 50-acre tract that backs up to 3,000 acres of Shawnee National Forest. And if you're a deer hunter, you're going to buy a 50-acre tract that hunts like 3,050 acres. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's worth you know, more. And some it's of those more. have easement issues. Mm -hmm. There might only be 20 feet of Shawnee National Forest that comes across the driveway in a certain place. And a lot of agents don't realize that. You have to go to the National Forestry, and you have to get, it's only a one-time fee of like 78 bucks or 100 bucks. I think it's up to $100 now, to get that permit to be able to drive across that 20-foot of land to get to your property, you know. Um, but that's something that we have to deal with. It's something that you need to know, and a lot of people don't pay attention to it, especially because a lot of properties around here, they're not surveyed. They still go off the old legal description, you know. Um, 
So you've got to pay attention to what you're looking at and use the technology like with Onyx Maps and MapRite so you can see those issues and take care of them. Yeah. And, and, and if you're getting a listing, how are you going to value it? You've got to take these things. When I wrote the class, you know, for the, for the uh, North Carolina Board of Appraisers, you know, they don't have land education. And they're out there valuing property with no background experience. You know, what's a sinkhole? If you got a sinkhole on the property, what's, does that affect the value? What about, you know, where we have on the East Coast, you know, hurricanes and, and part of the county's underwater for three weeks? How does that affect the soils and the land in terms of value? Uh, Benson, our, our, Benson. Our, our issue here in southern Illinois is we have lots of coal mines and old coal mines and old strip mines. Right. It is a rarity to find a piece of property that somebody owns the mineral rights to. Yeah. And then you have to worry about mine subsidence. They do a lot of long walling here. I watched a road two years ago drop four feet when they pulled the long wall. Wow. Oh, boy. Isn't this fun? get real fun that's for sure i mean that's, that's, i enjoy it though i mean it's almost like when you get to a piece of property and you know it's in an area where there was a lot of mining it's almost like a challenge yeah. it's like okay it's time to be inspector clouseau and see what kind of issues i can turn up to rectify before i even put the property on the market to list so i know i'm not going to have a problem yeah. you know and that's another thing you have to disclose these you have to disclose totally. that it has been undermined totally you know i I don't know a day goes by somebody doesn't make a comment. Hey, Lou, you you working today? Or how's work going? I said, what do you mean work? I hadn't worked in 30 years. This didn't work. It's almost like a license to steal. But uh, <laughs> well, I probably shouldn't say that. But, <laughs> you know, it's so rewarding. And, and you're you're with God. You're with nature. You're with, you know, it's just, that's, that's our office. I mean, I, I've got a desk and I've got a, you know, office. But I don't consider that an office. That's my research, you know, area. Uh, you know, and, and this does take a lot of research to do the buyer and the seller the justice that they deserve. Okay? I mean, you don't go to a dentist to have brain surgery. Uh, you know, that's probably not a great example. But, you know, we are specialists. We are experts. And some are more experts. A guy told me today, uh, interviewing me to do a class for a school, and he says, you know, you're, you're, you're the land expert. And I said, well, thank you for the designation, but, uh, you know, I, you can get your sword out and knight me, but I'm not the expert. Uh, I don't know anybody that's the expert. You, you take the no. little four-letter word, little four-letter word, and it's got a long tail, and you take that long tail and you start dissecting it. Now you're doing timber. Now you're doing ag. Now you're doing soils. Now you're doing water. Now you're doing subdivision laws, you know, you t all, and all of these things are, all these things are a lot of learning and education that I don't think people realize that. And the other point I want to make, too, is that you have a team. I don't do this by myself, and I know you don't either. You just mentioned it in that first, uh, first uh, analogy of that property, you know, the engineer, the this, the that. I mean, you want a soil scientist, you want a good surveyor, you want an attorney that knows how to write deeds about land, not an attorney that's doing tort law in court two-thirds of the time or does all residential. You know, they don't do the acreage properties and all the issues with them. You know, that's important. 
you know, obviously a good title company, which is through the attorneys, but, you know, that's important too. And, and, and all the other aspects, you know, the, the relationships you have with the county, uh, with the mapping office and with the tax office. And do you guys have deferments there, ag timber deferments? Um, we, I'm not sure what you're calling a deferment. Uh, well, what they, um, do, what they do is if you've got 20 acres or more of timber, okay, 10 acres more of pasture or five acres more of cultivated, making $1,000 a year uh, producing that uh, on the last two, 20 acres of solid timber, not 19.99, it's got to be 20. What they'll do if the tax value is maybe $400,000, they'll reassess the property for the deferment, and then it may only be $38,000. And then they tax right. the tax rate based on that, okay? Which is a free yeah. program. Do you guys have that out there? Yeah, we have we have a lot of different programs. Um, there's a timber. There's several different timber programs. Okay. Um, some of them, the state will pay you to plant trees and do things. Um, you're not allowed to go in and do any timbering without their okay. Then there's tree programs that you can go in and you can cut timber and do whatever. But it doesn't give you. You don't get any subsidies from the government. Right. Um, and then we have CRP yep. uh, for the CRP. lands that have ha, had to have been farmed within the last three years. If you decide you don't want to farm it, you can put it into a CRP, which allows you to grow like warm season grasses and stuff like that. And they'll pay you so much an acre. And, you know, it's easy to get four or $5,000 in CRP money sure. every year. Um, then we have conservation, ease, uh, conservation programs, which is, I own 15 acres, so I kept two and a half acres out from my house and put the other 13 acres into conservation. I grow oak trees okay. um, on my deer hunting land. Um, that program there is a minimum of 10 acres to get into. And then, of course, you have your ag exemptions for cattle and farm properties and horses and stuff like that. Right. But, yeah, there's a lot of different government programs around here that you can get into. There's even some that you can get into. Um, I had a friend of mine on his farm. We went down there and we created a uh, wetland area. Yep, wetland they, mitigation. Yep, they gave him ten thousand dollars, and we basically went in, went in there and built a, a shallow water area for ducks and geese. Uh, put a put a huh. levee in, put a drain on it so you can drain it and keep it filled, uh, etc. And you know, it worked out great for him. He had his own excavation <laughs> equipment, so he didn't have to pay anybody to do it. He actually Bingo. paid money on it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, and then we have a WRP program too, which is for wetlands, and some of those will give you subsidies from the government, or some of them are just tax breaks. You know, right. well, you know, people say, you, you know, why should I invest in land? It doesn't make any money. Well, we just mentioned I, I've come up with about eighty-six different ways you can make money on land. Oh yeah, I mean it's crazy, oh. but uh, you know it's. Uh, Hey, by the way, we only got a couple minutes here, so you want to throw a couple of properties out real quick? Yeah, um, I have a 58-acre property in the town of Carterville. Um, it currently has 10 acres of tillable that's being farmed. There is some timber value on it. Uh, we have gotten a hold of an engineer. It is split up into 40 tracks. It could actually be split into... Two different subdivisions. One would be larger tracts, probably higher in homes. 
and then uh, third acre lots that we could go in there. I think there's like 26 of those. Um, that's a good piece of property. I have some good commercial properties in Marion themselves, all located within a half a mile of Interstate 57. They're right in the hub. Uh, one of them's right across the street from Super Walmart and our Black Diamond Harley Davidson dealership. It's a seven acre piece of property. It can be split into three different sections. That would be great for some newer, uh, newer like style triplex um, townhomes. Okay. You know, you could, my thought on those would be to go in there and do like a two car garage and then have a, like a two story, 1500 square foot, three bedroom, two bath house with balconies because there's a beautiful lake right there. And then we have our uh, minor league baseball stadium that's right there. So you could probably sit on your back porch and drink a glass of sweet tea and watch the baseball game. Bingo. The time. <laughs> well, these... I got one more that's over here, uh, right, right across the street from a brand new Love's gas station, right, right at the off ramp of 57. It's an acre and a half a corner lot, two entrances would be a great place for, any type of fast food restaurant, maybe even a couple duplexes or something like that. Um, that's a great commercial piece of property there. So if anybody wants to take a look at anything, how I they got, get, they how they get in touch with you, Brett? My website, which is B Vidian, you just write the word video and put it in on it. So it'd be B Vidian at Remax.com. My email is B Vidian at Remax.net. And my phone number is 618-499-2520. You can also find me on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Snapchat. I do a lot of social media marketing. I'm on them all, Facebook. I have a Farm and Ranch Facebook page. I have a commercial business page, and then I have my personal page. And then we have our office business page for REMAX Integrity. Perfect. So it's I really easy to get a hold of me. Yeah. Like I said, I do have a YouTube channel, too, that you can go on. Uh, we have a lot of properties posted on that. We do a lot of videos. I do a lot of informational videos as well about market updates, um, stuff like that. That's just under my name, Brett Vidian, on YouTube. Check that out. Okay. I got to go. I appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for joining us today. Let us know how you like the show. All questions and comments are welcome. This show is for the public and, most importantly, for real estate agents who do not have a source for land education. All of our shows or found on www.letstalkland.net, that's .net, Spotify, and Podbean. My email is lou at mylandpro.com. My cell phone number is 336-669-1405. Our company website is www.mylandpro.com, mylandpro.com. We'd like to thank our sponsors, landhub.com, landhub, sell your land, land of your dreams, and AcreValue, today's sponsor, if you want to... Know who owns the field down the road or sold last year? The best place to go, and it's all free, is acrevalue.com. Rodney, how do they get in touch with us here? Well, Lou, they can go to our website, go to wkte1090.com, and also they can download the simple radio app and hear us anywhere in the world. How uh, simple is it? Pretty simple. Even wow. Teresa could do it. Wow. One time. Golly. First time. And what else do we have? Oh, we got uh, happy music. All the time. We only play happy music? That's right. Beach and oldies. Oh, wow. And we've won some nice awards. Yeah, eight years in a row being the top radio, beach and oldies radio station on the East Coast. Only eight? Eight, yep. 
You must be doing something right. I know. We must be. We're living right. Well, it's happy music. I mean, yeah. everybody wants to be happy in this that's world. That's right. That's it. <laughs> that's, maybe that's the answer. Yes. But it uh, is great music. Uh-huh. And you got a nice award. Yeah, the Reader's Choice Announcer of the Year Award. Wow. Mm-hmm. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you. Thank you. So, uh, well, listen to that voice, huh? <laughs> it's God's gift. It is God's gift. And speaking of God, we'd like to thank our listening audience, and we'll see you next week. God bless you, and have a great evening.